Mate Verdes AOK on Island 106.9 WIIS Key West. Good morning. I'm Gwen Filosa. The show is called It's Too Early, broadcasting down here right off Duval Street in beautiful Key West, Florida. I'm super excited to have my guest today. He's an assistant professor of plant pathology at West Virginia University. We're going to talk about a lot of things to do with that. Matt Casson, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for, for coming on. I'm going to guess it's not too early for you because you have to teach. That's right. I uh, I teach three days a week during the semester, um, but most of my time is spent in the lab doing research, but definitely used to getting up early with young kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, you, um, plant pathology, what um, what exactly do, do you study? It, it's a lot to do with fungi, right? That's right. Um, I'm a, a plant pathologist and mycologist. So I specialize in plant diseases, but in particular, I study plant diseases that are caused by fungi. Um, So there's a lot of other types of plant pathogens like bacteria and nematodes and viruses, but I specialize in fungi. Okay. Now, what, um, what are some things that you study? What are things you have found about fungi? Yeah, so mostly I study um, fungi that cause kind of catastrophic tree diseases. Um, of course, anywhere you go where there's trees, you have tree pathogens. But I also study um, interactions between fungi and like insects and millipedes. In fact, uh, just last March, uh, we were in Key West and the Florida Keys um, studying millipedes down there and their interactions with fungi. Oh, wow. wow. What are some things that people don't know about, about it, about fungi? What are some things that maybe people would be surprised to find out? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think um, more often than not, people tend to vilify fungi. They think, well, if there's a fungus around, it's a bad thing. You know, you think about the molds that grow on your, your produce, you know, on your countertop. Or you think about hearing about a fungal infection that someone might get in the hospital that's immunocompromised. Uh, but for the most part, fungi are doing good all over the world. Uh, they form partnerships with plants um, and the roots to help um, take up nutrients and water. Uh, they form kind of intimate relationships with animals to help break down um, substrates. They can they can remediate sites that have you know contamination like oil or gas spilled. So they're doing wonderful things, breaking down organic matter into into smaller units uh, that other microbes can use and plants can take up. So a lot of good done by fungi in the environment. And and you you have a love of of the of fungi, right? I mean, it, it's um, you, you enjoy it. I do absolutely. I'm I, uh, I'm even though I study a lot of fungi that that harm plants, um, I really enjoy the the other fungi that are doing good in the environment. And you know, of course, we have to study those that harm plants because we want to protect our you know natural resources. We want to protect our agricultural commodities and only through kind of studying these things can we can we slow their spread or um, figure out how they work and and when we're talking about fungi what what exactly are we talking about I mean it, there, there, there's lots of different kinds right or, yeah yeah so I, I think one other thing that may surprise people and, and you know when you go into the grocery store into the produce section you know you, you have your your eggplants and your, you know, you have your peppers and your potatoes, and then you have a section typically that has mushrooms. But mm-hmm. mushrooms are not plants. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people sometimes confuse because we often see them side by side in the produce section. 
uh, but their own their own kingdom. Um, and they're more closely related to animals than they are plants. Um, so that's, I think, something that really surprises people. But they're super diverse. I mean, oftentimes people think about the iconic kind of Super Mario Brothers Ammonita <laughs> mushroom, you know, the, the red cap with the white warts. And of course, you know, hallucinogenic mushrooms and some other mushrooms that come up is, is important. But of course, we use fungi in our everyday lives. If you like bread, if you like beer, you know, mm. all these processes require yeast. Um, and that's an important fungus. So, you know, they play a role in our everyday lives, but we kind of just overlook them and, and just think about them in the ways that they may be potentially harming us. But again, they're doing more good out there and even inside than they are bad. And I have to ask um, uh, about the hallucinogenins. Uh, should people be out there just eating random mushrooms? Or I mean, you can get sick, right? <laughs> definitely. Okay. Uh, definitely not. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people that get interested in mycology from that side of things, they think, oh, well, it's easy. I'll just figure out, you know, which mushrooms are good and which are bad. And I could tell you as, a, as an expert mycologist, um, it's it's easy to mix things up and eat the mm. wrong thing. Um, yeah, there are definitely some edible mushrooms that are non-hallucinogenic mushrooms um, that have no kind of evil lookalikes. Yeah. But there are plenty of fungi that have kind of um, evil counterparts that like if you eat them and you make the wrong choice. I mean, let's take a group of mushrooms called Ammonita. Um, these are uh, collectively called like destroying angels. You know, you eat them. They look like a white button mushroom, but like. You know, unless you get a liver transplant, you'll be in a hepatic coma and dead within two weeks. Whoa. So, I mean, it's, it's no joke. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, some of these mushrooms, sure, they have some compounds that produce some desired effect. But there's also other compounds in there that may cause a less desirable GI uh, impact or something like that. Yeah. Now, um, tell, tell, do you know you have almost 11,000 followers on Twitter? Like I do, yes. <laughs> I'm just as someone that has been trying for a long time. How how did you amass that many? Well, you know, I, I think it was just kind of an organic thing. Um, I I got on social media to kind of promote the work of my lab um, and and my people in my lab. You know, I have a lot of grad students, undergrads, postdocs. But we had two two things that really kind of accelerated the growth of my account. Um, I try to do kind of outreach projects where I'm. I'm trying to entertain but also educate people about the cool things fungi do. And we had two kind of viral things happen. First off, I um, decided to inoculate those, those Easter candies, peeps, with fungi to see what would happen, oh. to see if peeps could be conquered by fungi. And it turns out they're a pretty hard, you know, they're a pretty hard substrate to conquer, but fungi eventually won out. <laughs> the other thing that happened is um, in 2020, um, I – got a hold of some moldy Twinkies that had been sitting in the basement of someone's uh, house for like eight years. And we tried to figure out who done it, you know, like what, what fungus actually caused this Twinkie to mummify. So we basically did the whole, this whole story. We got a write up on NPR. So I think these kind of, these viral um, tweets have helped, you know, build a following but I also try to stay true to the topic. I'm always tweeting about fungi and the cool things they're doing. And, of course, uh, there's some, you know, lighthearted experiments that are visually spectacular. So, I mean, that resonates well with people. Um, 
and, and you know, some of the things I study are, are really kind of outlandish. I study a, a fungus that infects cicadas, including a cicada down your way called the Keys cicada. Hmm. And we just got some specimens sent to us last week. Um, and it makes the cicada's butt fall off. And they okay. continue to fly around because they're drugged on amphetamines. Um, so, it, you know, these kind of outlandish kind of discoveries in our lab have really kind of caused a media frenzy in that way. Um, it's not that we're in, trying to do that. It just it just so happens that we're studying really bizarre things that are, you know, that a lot of people find interesting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, with fungi, we're talking about a whole kingdom of living organisms, right? That's and, right. And, and, and it's mold and yeast and mushrooms. How many different ones, uh, how many are you uh, dealing with? Well, we study a, quite a, a diverse group of fungi because we're looking at the whole communities of fungi associated with millipedes. We look at specific pathogens of, of trees. Um, in my lab, we study, you know, dozens to hundreds of species at a time. But I mean, it's estimated there could be up to six million fungi, right? Um, and that's orders of magnitude more than there are insects and orders of magnitude more than there are animals. You know, they're, they're hyper diverse, but they're they're grossly understudied. I mean, there's plenty of mycologists like myself studying fungi, but like because there's so many, describing them all would take many lifetimes. So we're trying to understand the fungi that are playing playing important roles in our, you know, our natural systems and our agricultural systems because those are important to all of us. Uh, but there's there's unusual fungi doing unusual things that. You know, we also hope to uncover because those stories, like I said, they, they resonate well with people. Okay. How did you get um, interested in the subject? What, what drew you to this? Yeah, I, I grew up in a really rural area of Pennsylvania where, you know, I was surrounded by forests and spent a lot of time as a kid in the woods. Um, and I got re- actually really interested in plants and trees first. And that's kind of what I went into, um, eventually realizing that I was more interested in the diseases that were impacting trees. And trees are mostly impacted by fungi. Um, There are other plant pathogens that attack them, but, you know, wood is a very specialized substrate that can't be broken down by a lot of things, but fungi are one of the few things that can break down. So that's what kind of transitioned me from studying trees to studying the kind of pathogens that attack them. And then, you know, once I was there, I started to look around and realize, well, I'm also interested in fungi that are um, you know, infecting insects and things like that. So I just kind of uh, expanded out from there. Okay. Now, yeah, reminded me, when I was growing up, we had, I guess, toadstools, those big, white, kind of fluffy-looking things, and if you kicked them, they went everywhere. Like, what what, are the, <laughs> what the heck are those? Yeah, no, I mean, there's there's a lot of big mushrooms out there, and, you know, I think our, our first instinct is to kick them. That comes back to this whole thing, like, I think a lot of Western culture, we tend to vilify fungi and we're like, you know, if you eat that, you're going to die. So the, the best next thing to do is to just punt it across the field. Um, we do the same thing with puffballs. I don't know if you've ever seen those. They're kind of round golf ball sized fungi that if you stomp on them, they produce a spore cloud. And I remember as a kid, you know, stomping on those and, you know, the adults would say, don't breathe in that smoke. It'll kill you. But it wasn't smoke. It was just a cloud of spores. And it wouldn't necessarily kill you. Um, but these are the kinds of stories that are passed down through generations um, that we're trying to counteract and say, look, fungi are doing some really cool things. Um, it's not just, uh, you know, it's not they're not just like these harmful organisms that are out to get your lungs or, 
you know, take over your face or whatnot. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm sorry. I kicked them. I was a kid. I didn't, I didn't. Mean Yo, to. Absolutely. I, I, I did too. Okay. You know? Good, 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 good. It wasn't just, um, I'm now, making up for, I'm yeah. making up for it now. <laughs> you are, you are. Do you ever, do you take the work home with you? Do you grow stuff at home or keep, keep samples? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I grow like edible mushrooms at home with my kids. They like those like mushroom kits you can order online to grow like oyster mushrooms. We, I, I also am very comfortable picking edible mushrooms because I'm, you know, I know what I'm doing. So my kids and I will go out and we'll collect some wild edible mushrooms and we'll bring back and I'll cook them up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really hard as an academic to separate your professional life from your personal life sometimes. Um, so I end up going a lot of uh, fungal expeditions with my children in tow. I have three boys, so they love being in the woods, and um, we go out and we collect things. So they've been with me when I've discovered some new fungi to science, and that's been really exciting because it's not just about the discovery from a professional side. It's it's kind of the embedding of that experience with my children there when I discovered it. And and how long have you been in the game studying this? Well, I started grad school in 2005, but I've been a, I've been a, a professor at West Virginia University since 2014, and I'm now an associate professor. Um, so, so about seven years as a, a professor, before that a postdoc, before that a PhD student, before that a master's student. So really the last 15, 16 years, I've been studying fungi with, uh, with uh, intensity, I'd say. Gotcha, gotcha. Also, have to ask: when people say fungi, do you do you get irritable? No, no. There's there's many ways to say it, and, and and if you go to, you know, if you're in England versus the U.S. versus Europe, um, they might say fungi or fungi okay. or fungi. So, like, any way you say it, I, I you know, I'm I'm not going to correct people that mispronounce those things because I mean. First of all, like, who am I? Like, that's very elitist. I, I just, all, yeah, like, pe- checking. If people are willing to talk about it, I want to I hear what they, you know, I don't want to stop them in their tracks and, like, you know, make them feel bad. I want I want to hear about their enthusiasm as it relates to fungi. Gotcha. I was just checking. Oh, I feel so much better. Because um, <laughs> when I introduced you, I, I did that. No, um, it's fine. It's perfectly, perfectly fine. Acceptable. Thank you. Thank you, Matt Casson, for coming on the show. What a, that was so cool that you came on and, and talked to us about, about fungi. And um, I hope you have a, a great and productive day. Take care. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. And thank you all for tuning in this morning to It's Too Early. If you uh, came in late or you're interested in the show, we are a podcast. Uh, that means episodes are up on Spotify, Audible, and Podbean. And you can check it out. And uh, we have comedians, actors. We just had a scientist. I mean, we're, we're killing it with guests. Uh, we're going to come back with a couple of headlines. And then, uh, and the weather. And the weather. There's, we got a couple of, uh, got some Fantasy Fest news. Uh, this is REM with Bad Day. Stick around. A public service announcement followed me home the other day. I hated never mind.